0: All right, how does 9-2 sound in the out-of-conference schedule for Boston College Basketball? BC takes care of business against Lehigh. we got Beacon Street Ball on today to talk about the game. We're going to hear his thoughts and what we saw with Claudel Harris having an enormous game against Lehigh. We'll talk all about that on today's show.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, this is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm the publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 network. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked College for $20 off your first purchase. Folks, we've been knee deep in football news with recruiting, transfer portals, national signing day, I mean Fenway Bowl. We've had a ton of it. Let's take a step back today. Let's look at basketball, the team that is playing their butts off right now, sitting at 9-3 and after beating Lehigh. We're going to look at that game and look at where they stand heading into ACC play. And there's no better person to talk about this team than Beacon Street Ball, who's been our weekly guest, and we're so excited to have him back on. Beak, how's it going?
1: It's going good. Just got back from the game. Excited to break it down and uh, sort of look at non-conference as a whole. All right. So the big story in this game, Claudell Harris
0: Jr. twenty nine points. He gets his thousandth point of his career. What did he score like? Fifteen points to start the game off. Basically, he was just on fire. What did you see out of this game? You know, it was you know Lehigh on a Thursday before Christmas. Sounded like it was a pretty good crowd. And give me some
1: of your takeaways from this. Yeah, definitely. So I go. You know, I'll start where you started with Claudell. So Claudell finishes with twenty nine uh, on 10 for 15 shooting in three, uh, seven for 10 from three, which is just an unbelievable stat line. I, I, as you mentioned, he started, I'm, I'm trying to do it here in the background. It looks like he started with 14 of BC's first 15 points. And that was all in about five and a half minutes. So he had 14 points in five and a half minutes, four for four from three to start. And, and he was unbelievable. You know, I, I think, he's a different type of guard. Like he really is. He's he's a guard that we haven't seen since Jerome or Kai with just his ability to create his own shot, you know, of those first four, only one was assisted. The other three came, you know, him getting some space from his Lehigh defender. And I'm not going to say Lehigh was any, any great team, but gets his thousand South thousandth point. I would have liked to see him go for the career high and or leave him in there. His career high, I believe is 31, which happened at Charleston Southern, but you know, he was unbelievable. His family was there, which, you know, for somebody like me who who cares about that type of stuff, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought the whole team played played pretty well. You get 13 from Jay-Z on six-for-eight shooting, post with a quote-unquote off night, but he still gives you 13 and six boards. Uh, Devin McLaughlin with a quiet eight points and ten boards. So, you know, that's the difference, I really think, with this BC team, and, and that's what I'm going to dive into a little deeper in my recap tomorrow on uh, Eagle Insider is, you know, this team can get points from a variety of people and, and that makes it it really easy to uh, to beat bad teams by you know pretty significant margins. Uh, you know, ends at 85, 69. And there's a BC team that's scoring probably the best that we've seen in in a decade. And I saw a statistic, I think Brett Ryder
0: of Eagle Daily put it up that BC has scored 80 or more points more this season than they did under Errol Grant over the first two years combined.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I, be- I believe it. I mean, over over eighty in their last four, so over their last four, some fast math here, averaging about eighty six a night. So, you know that that's something that you know when you watch other college basketball teams. I I watched the uh, North Carolina game last night, and that's one of the things you see, right? These elite elite teams can score with anybody or on anybody and it's nice to see BC doing that in uh to go a little farther here their last 5 wins all 5 they got to 80 um and in their losses you know they haven't gone to 80 so when they do get to 80 they're 6 and 0 on the year it looks like so you know that'll be interesting to see if that trend can continue in ACC play and you look at this out of conference schedule you finish the the out of conference schedule at 9 and 2 one of the best
0: in in recent memory you don't have i mean you can look at Loyola Chicago as your WTF loss but, I mean, it's not New Hampshire. It's not Maine. No. It's not Tarleton State. It's di- it's a different loss. And, you know, sometimes just bad losses happen, and you only had one. Every other game at a conference, it felt like BC just took care of business. Whether it was Harvard, whether it was Holy Cross, Stonehill, there was no game that it felt like these lower conference teams that BC has struggled. And it's not just Earl Grant. I mean, Christian, Donahue, you go back, it was, it's was. it been a trend under this team that they just struggle to put teams away. This team seems different. They just have enough offensive game power and defense. They're doing everything. Where they're just making these games com- comfortable wins. I mean, even when you beat Lehigh by
1: 17, you want to win by more, but you still you didn't feel like they were going to ever win this game. No. And and I think that what you, what you ended on there is exactly how I feel. So you, you have, even in that St. John's game, you know, I I thought save the 92nd burst uh, early in the second half from St. John's, I thought BC was in control for the vast majority of that game. And, and, and that, if you feel the way I do, you're talking about four straight games since the NC state loss, where they were in it for the whole game, you know, where they have really probably been, did, I would almost go as far as to say the dominant team for of those you know 160 minutes over the last four games for maybe 155 of them, so that's that's just different. And you know, I think I, I talked about this, you know, but when the schedule came out a few months ago. Like it, everything is setting up for BC to really have a really strong January. I like I do, I know where I'm, I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but you know, I I really do look at it and say this team has to have a lot of confidence right now. They're playing much better basketball than they were when they started the year four and Elm, uh, in those games. I mean, they played pretty well against Fairfield on opening night, but then, you know, a four point win over Citadel, seven point win over Richmond and a nine point win over Harvard. You compare that to where we're at, you know, over these last four, and you've got three blowouts. And then, a, I I would say a more comfortable than the score would dictate win over St. John's. Yeah. I mean, they, they've just improved
0: and that's what you want, right? Like, yeah. You, you've seen the, the growth under Earl Grant from year one to year three, but you're also seeing the growth for Earl Grant's team from game one to now. Like they're just, they're getting better as the season goes on. You're seeing the confidence growing. I mean, we're going to talk about Claudel Harris a little bit in a little, in, in a little bit more. This is a guy that started the season off and we're, we're joking after that first couple of games. Like, is this Eli Carter part two?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, and I think, I think that's a really, that's, to me, another thing about this team that, that is different, right. Is one, you can get points from probably three or four guys, uh, definitely three guys between Zachary post and Claudel, but also there's really nobody forcing shots right now. Even post who I think has every right to force shots is, isn't doing it. And and you have guys trusting their shooters and, and post, you know, passing and Zachary passing up probably what could be good looks, especially against these inferior opponents and just getting to the, getting the ball to the hot hand and that that's going to be the key for this team. I I really do believe it. I mean, I think Claudel is probably our most talented offensive guard since probably maybe Winston tabs his freshman year, but, but he's right up there. If not uh, with Jerome and and Kai and, and that's the type of player you need to take down these ranked teams that they're going to see, you know, twice in January. And then, you know, a few more times to end the year. So I, I, I like where this team's at. And I, I, I am very confident headed into this, this January run.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, we'll talk about this in a little bit and uh, turning into H- ACC play, but you you have four games against Louisville and Notre Dame. who are both just train yep. wrecks right now. But as you just said, like, I'm not even... I, you can look beyond that at this point. Like, you're looking at these ranked teams, at these better teams and going, BC
1: can hang with any of them. Like, of they're not... I, I, go ahead, Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, I completely agree. I think that's the most intriguing thing. And I know talking with people inside the program, they feel the same way, right? You, you have Clemson at 18 in the country right now. We see them on the 13th of January. It's a road game on a Saturday afternoon. I, they played Clemson in that building really well, one down there a couple years ago, and they have played Clemson well. And then you have Carolina, uh, the following Saturday, who's 11th in the country. I thought Carolina played really well last night, but there's nobody on Carolina who's scaring me and and you could make an argument that BC's top three is better than Carolina's top three with the way post and Zachary have been playing. So I totally agree. And and I think that's why hopes are as high as they are inside the building. And I think the fan base, I, I think it'll happen quick. I think by the time students are back on campus, we could be looking at a team where people are, are really on board the bandwagon in a way we haven't seen in probably, you know, almost 15 years.
0: All right. In a moment, we're going to talk about some takeaways from the beginning of the season. We're about halfway where we're about done. With, we're obviously done without a conference schedule. Now, as we head into ACC play, what are some takeaways from the first 12 games of the season? What are we looking at? Some thoughts that Bcas. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Now, if you're getting ready to go to a game concert, theater, you need to not worry about when you're going to buy your tickets because game time has got you covered. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer fat last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and the best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know, if you're getting ready to go to that Fenway bowl and you're looking to find good seats, you know, Fenway can be tricky. You can get bad seats anywhere there. Go use game time. They're going to show you exactly where you're going to sit and you can envision in a baseball stadium where your football seats are going to be. You know, it's crazy, right? And you're going to get the best price guarantee. So see the view from your seat, know exactly what you're buying. With all in prices, they're going to show your total up front. There's no hidden fees. You're not going to get, like with some of those other sites, you're not going to get those, you know, absorbent fees that make your tickets go up incredibly expensive. You know, you're not going to get that with game time. I used it to get tickets to BC and I'm going to use it more when theater season starts and 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 some some uh, baseball season too so download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase again terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-g-e for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed this is locked on boston college i'm your host aj black Hope you guys are having a great holiday season. Christmas is right around the corner. I know some of you might be celebrating Hanukkah. I want to wish you all a happy Hanukkah as well. And, you know, hopefully you're just having a great time with your family and friends. So we're here. We're talking. And if you have not done so already, Beek and I are both part of Eagle Insider. I'm the editor. Beak is one of our writers. We have Mitch. We have BC Hockey Blogger. We've got a, a great group of writers here. Come on over right now. 60% off a VIP subscription. You're going to get top-notch, uh, you know, coverage, you know, transfer portal seasons around. If you know me, I know everything before it happens. I know that there's already one transfer you guys don't even know about yet. It's going to be exciting that's coming in. There's, I'm I'm already looking at number two. There's already in, I'm already talking about it on the message board. So come on over there right now. All right, so Beak, we're done with out-of-conference schedule. What are some of your takeaways about this team that we haven't really talked about that you want to bring up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing, and this is something that was talked about within the program, you know, before the season started that I didn't really put a ton of weight into at the time, but the the schedule, right? And and it's easy to say, like, you know, well, they played the Citadel because Earl is connected to Charleston, and they played at Vanderbilt because that's how the SEC-ACC Challenge sort of drew. But you look at it, and they've done a really good job of crafting a schedule, and taking care of business on that schedule to set themselves up for a tournament run. I mean, everybody, when Post decided to come back and and everyone else pretty much stayed in their places, the tournament was obviously the goal. But for a school like Boston College, you have to, you know, manufacture that, right? I mean, if you're not going to win 26-7 games in in the way the ACC is playing out, you're probably not a lock. So you got to go get some quality road wins and and BC's done a really really good job of that with that schedule so far I I think it probably won't get talked about a ton but you know already having a, a quad two win for BC is something that we're not used to and they've got plenty of chances uh, to pick up some more quality wins because of the way the ACC schedule sort of falls here with getting three of the first game four games in January as uh, road games so I, I I really think that the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit. And that's before you even get into, you know, player development. I think you look at some guys who, I, I, Claude L. Harris could be the most talented guy in the world when he showed up here. I, I sort of get the sense that he was very, very good, but they've done a really good job of making him a better defender and making him, you know, a little more efficient is probably the best word for it obviously post and Zachary have, have made really good strides. I think Zachary's done a great job sort of moving from, I would just call him a game manager in, into something that, that is a lot more. I, I think he's right up there right now, at least as, as one of the probably three or four best point guards in, in the ACC. And and so, you know, I think this if you're a BC fan and, and just a fan of the program, and maybe you're not a huge basketball guy, you have to at least look at it and say, we have the right guy coaching this team. And, And for, you know, if you're somebody like me who was in favor of Al being gone at the end there, you know, you're talking, I was, I was a big Christian guy for about a year and a half, but you're talking about a very short run in the last 15 years where we've really been confident that the right guy's leading the program. And, and I think that's probably the best thing that a BC basketball fan could, could hope for, you know, in year three of a new coach and in a changing landscape in college sports. So I got some superlatives I want to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I, let's give let's let's hand out some superlatives for this
0: team. <laughs> all right. And put me on the spot here. I love it. Let's do it. All right. So who's the most impressive? And this
1: could in you could say Quentin Post, but who's the most impressive player in the first half of the season? If uh, it is Quentin Post, but it's not it's not because of the scoring. I think it's everything else. And I, I wrote about this in my recap after St. John's, but the defense and the passing are Elevated in a way that you don't often see from year, you know, in your last year in college, like if those type of jumps usually come pretty early. I think uh Deb McLaughlin's a great example of that, right? He he made a real he was good defensively his freshman year, but he fouled too much. And then in year two, he got a lot better with his fouling. Post has gone from being a tall guy who puts his hands up to being an actively good defender. I mean, he had he had blocks on consecutive possessions tonight that you, you just wouldn't see him getting in years past. And then using the St. John's game as an example, I think he was responsible for 16 points in the second half of that game, but he only scored two. That's not something you see out of a seven footer. And, and I think that that that's really good. So I'll, I'll go post for that. Okay. Who's the most surprising player of the first half? I'm going to go with Eli strong, Elijah strong, and, and it should be Claude L. Harris, but you know, When you have a guy who I believe when Elijah signed, he had zero high major offers and he Earl knew him and and credit to Earl for finding him. But it's just another example of Earl finding an under recruited guy, much like Al Skinner used to do and trusting him to play as a freshman. He's not playing meaningful minutes, but he's getting in there against real teams, got in there tonight and hit a, a nice, honestly, a pretty nice turnaround jumper. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the fact that he looks like he's going to be serviceable in ACC play in year one is a huge win for this program that that desperately needed some interior help. All right. And then our last superlative, who's the most improved player? And it could be a
0: freshman improving from the beginning of camp to now or someone from the end of last year to now.
1: Yeah, I think it's – that's a good one. I think it's probably Devin and – that's probably a weird one because I, his stats are, I don't think are going to look all that different, but he's cleaned up the things that I would say held him back the most. So the foul trouble, which was an issue in, I, I had it at one point, but I want to say it was like almost, it was like 80 or 85% of games last year where he had three or four fouls by like the 10 minute mark in the second half. Um, he's cleaned that up drastically. He is much more confident shooting the basketball. And that that's something that I think he's a good shooter. And, and I Wanted him to shoot it more last year. So I think you especially tonight was a good example. You see him maybe looking for a shot a little more than he was. And then he's just a glue guy. He's a winner. And that's what this team needs. that they, they needed to surround the the one, two, or maybe now one, two, three punch uh, with guys who are winners. And I think there's no better winner on this basketball program than Devin McLaughlin. All right. In our final segment, Beek and I are going to look at the start of ACC
0: play. What are our expectations? What does BC need to do? And Beak's final thoughts heading into Christmas break. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Right now, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The Fenway Bowl is right around the corner, and if you don't live in the state of Massachusetts, you could be thinking about the nine and a half point spread where SMU is a favorite. Do you think BC has enough to to be the, to, to cover that? I don't. So <laughs> you can go into FanDuel if you think if you agree with me. And um, you 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 know we talked to the SMU writer on our show for Tuesday. You can hear his thoughts, and you can hear why Mitch and I both think that the spread is right around where it should be. And if you're thinking about it, you can go into FanDuel and find the spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more for NFL, NBA. You name it, they have it. So visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. And we are talking BC and Lehigh. And we're so excited to have Beacon Street Ball in here. He's our weekly guest to talk basketball. And there's no better person to talk about basketball than Beak. So now that the out-of-conference schedule is done, we're getting ready for the ACC play. What do you think the minimum amount of wins BC needs to get to get themselves eligible
1: for postseason play? Yeah, so I, I the simple answer is probably 14 and that sounds like a crazy number, but I think NC State is is one of the better. They're a top half team, let's say that. So you've already played a top half once. You mentioned earlier, you get Louisville twice, you get Notre Dame twice. You get Wake Forest at home when it'll be dead. You get Syracuse without students, and you get Georgia Tech without students. So say you win five of those six that I just outlined there, uh, or five, sorry, six of those seven I outlined there. Well, you're making a pretty good start. That being said, I think you could find a way in at 13-7 and if you beat the right teams. And you might be able to get in at 12-8 and if you beat the right teams. And those right teams, as it currently stands, I I actually have this up in front of me because I figured we were heading here, um, are going to be, Clemson's going to be the biggest one. Right now, Clemson sits in the net, and that's probably the most important one. Clemson is 12 in the net right now. You pick them off on the road. That, that's a huge, huge resume building win. You get Duke on the road, helps. I think they can beat Duke. You get Miami twice, you split with Miami. Those are all teams that are, you know, top, they're quad one games. Let's just start with that. They're all going to be quad one teams. And so maybe you can figure it out at 13 and seven or 12 and eight, but yeah, it's going to matter more who you beat and, and, you know, again, to, to finish the answer to the question, but. You can't lose to Louisville and you can't lose to Notre Dame. It's not a year where you can split with those teams and and get away with it. Those are four must-win games. They're as much of a must-win, especially Louisville, um, as a game like the Citadel or a game like Richmond.
0: And obviously, BC is an improved team. What do they still need to improve on? What do you you think that
1: at, at practice Earl Grand is still hammering home because they need to get better at X and Y? I, I don't think he's hammering at home, but the thing that scares me the most is the pace that they're playing with right now, because it's not what Earl is used to doing. And you look at Earl Grant teams from years one and two here, and you even go back to Charleston. He is not used to being a top half or top third tempo pace team in college basketball. And the reason why that scares me so much is that when shots don't drop and you play fast, Against inferior opponents, you can get away with it. Against teams that are on your level or maybe a little bit more talented from a shooting perspective, you can get down 15, 18 points in in a hurry. So I I worry that, I love scoring points as much as the next guy, but I worry that this team is playing a little too quick sometimes, and that could hurt them, especially on the road in conference. And then... Just a last thought about you know heading into the second
0: half. What player do you project to jump? Like we've we've seen growth with a lot, as you mentioned, with McLaughlin and and Zachary, and even Post. Which and it could be Elijah Strong, but what player are you expecting to take a big jump
1: for the second? Yeah, half? I mean, I think I think probably Donald Han Jr. is probably the most intriguing player to me. He's so he's a redshirt freshman. ACC not overly strong. On freshman, he he got some looks for you know the all freshman team preseason. So I think there's a chance he's playing more minutes. Scoring's not necessarily there as much as it was at the beginning, but he's playing more minutes. I think he's getting more comfortable on the ankle and the knee. You know, he's a guy where I would not shock me if we you know ended the year and you look back and you know he averaged eight and a half in conference or nine in conference and. And coming off the bench, I think that's something that BC is is really going to need. Madsen's obviously been great for the last couple weeks, um, and I thought the Globe had a really good piece on him uh, recently, and probably Mm -hmm. maybe shed some light into why that is with the you know the health stuff. But you know, I think Donald Han is one of those guys. He's an ACC body, and and I think this is a real coming out party potential for him as we wrap up the year.
0: All right, as we wrap things up, is there any last thoughts you have about basketball? Is there something? My
1: only last thoughts are is that I sincerely hope that when when we do this you know after wake forest we are 10 and 10 and 3 because starting 0 and 2 at acc after that non-conference it would just be painful yeah hope for a win there yeah exactly
0: <laughs> all right so beak where i know you have some things coming out talk a little bit about some of the things that you're working on
1: yeah definitely so first and foremost uh i appreciate everybody who's been following me on twitter it's at beacon on Twitter, so Beacon Street Ball, uh, and in the new year, we are, you know, me and in, in my non-Twitter life, uh, we're working on what I think is probably one of the coolest things that we've ever done. It's uh, to give a little, a little tidbit. It, it's basically going to be a f- complete store for uh, Boston College merch, and, and it's it's got a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of high quality stuff um, that takes just some of the merch that we've done over the past three years to a whole nother level and it it moves it a little more away from fan stuff and, and into stuff that I think just, you know, people who love sports or who just love Boston college. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm super excited about it. Probably going to be, you know, early 2024, but I'm pumped. And again, I just appreciate everybody following on Twitter and and all that stuff. And I love, you know, interacting with people. So thank you to everyone. And I'm looking forward to continuing writing here on uh, Eagle Insider. Yeah, Beaks, Beaks, a must follow on Twitter if you have not done
0: so already. Beacon Street Ball, make sure you follow him up on Twitter as well, and and check out his work on Eagle Insider. As I said, sixty percent off, you can get in. Check out his work. There's
1: really good stuff. I'm gonna say this. I'll, I'll, this is an honest plug. So I was not a subscriber prior to writing for Eagle Insider. Mm-hmm. I got on there and I read some of Mitch's football stuff, and I texted AJ and I said, "This is unbelievable." Right. His football stuff is if you're a college football fan even if you're like a casual BC fan, his like football breakdowns are unbelievable. Like the game stuff is, is unbelievable. The The depth of stuff he gets into in play design and all that stuff. If you're just in, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about football, but it's very, very interesting. And And so I think just for that, like, listen, if you subscribe for me, thank you very much. But Mitch's stuff is really, really good. And, and I'm not a hockey guy by any means, but by all accounts, uh, BC hockey blogger stuff is just as good. So I, yep. I do think it's worth the money.
0: Yeah, uh, hockey blogger just had an interview with Greg Brown on there. Look uh, at because, that! Yeah,
1: there's so everything I mean, I'm we, doing.
0: We, yeah, we've <laughs> we've got some great stuff on there, and Beeks Beeks got the basketball stuff covered. I I brought in I specifically targeted people to, on our site that are going to bring a, a wealth of knowledge. I don't want just you know reporters that go to to press conference. That's great too, but I wanted people who understand the game because I feel like there's a lot that you can learn. And as he said, Mitch. I mean, every time Mitch does his um. I rewatched the game because, so you don't yeah, have that's to. Exa- yeah,
1: that's what I was referencing.
0: Um, and I'm I'm already saying, and Halfway hopefully is not listening right now because I know he listens sometimes. But if BC gets blown out, like just rewatching what he sees is incredible. And it gives you such great insight. So check it out. Um, this is our last episode for Christmas. So if you are are uh, celebrating happy Christ- Merry Christmas to each and every one of you out there. Thank you all who are everyday listeners to Locked On BC. We'll have Beak back on next week to talk some basketball. We have a ton to talk about with Fenway Bowl. As I said, I threw out a wire gif, so there's a, there's a transfer coming. Um, I have some hints up on the site, too. So, again, for VIP users, you might be able to find out who that's going to be. Uh, for Beak, this is AJ. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you again soon. Take care, everyone.